Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Oh, yeah. Sing it, Bruce. Glory days. Chaluch, do you remember before the game, we were up in the Southwest Rotunda, right? Right. Fourth floor. Right. We're looking over the stadium. Then we're looking out over the river. And, you know, it was all about the glory days. Remember, we're talking about what was it like? Remember, Three Rivers was right next to us. Right, 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 right. Well, we got a special guest who brings back glory days like you can't even believe. And we are so blessed to have in the locker room. Would you please welcome Aaron Smith, the great Aaron Smith. How are you, brother? Good, good. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Aaron Smith. How are you, my friend, huh? On this glorious God's day. I'm good. It's a great day to be alive and the great words of Coastal Bow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? How are you doing? How are the kids? Uh, we're doing real well. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously our quarantine is like everybody else. Right. COVID thing. But, um, you know, everybody's done fantastic. I, I always tell, I tell people, you know, my quarantine isn't like a lot of people. Like, we got some property. We got a big house. There's not eight people stuck in an apartment, you know, and uh, so I don't really have a whole lot to complain about compared to a lot of people. A lot of people have a lot worse than me. So, well, uh, Aaron, I try to always keep it in perspective. Absolutely, brother. I got to tell you, I'm so thrilled because I've, as I've often told you, you were my favorite modern era player. Right. Just said at such respect for one of the things I loved about you was you were like the Mike Webster of this era and that this and I and I'll say this and I unashamedly so you played at such a high level week in week out year in year out it was terrific to watch your career how's the body doing in retrospect uh first of all I mean that, that's an ultimate compliment I don't know if I throw me in Webster's kind of category that was a unique man but like I said it's an honor for me to be considered because I think back when you guys played was real football you know, I mean, I think it's kind of softened up to the point. But when you played to say I could have played, that means means a lot to me coming from you too. Um, the body, you know, the body's good. You know, I mean, I, I can't complain. Like, I'm active. I, I I do. I work out every day. I do something. I try to do jujitsu twice a week. Oh, get I try out! To play ba- I get try out. to play basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, you're uh, getting on the mat, rolling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm rolling around. I'm taking a butt whooping most times for my well, instructor. But that I, will happen. I, I had my 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 black belt was in freestyle jujitsu. Yeah, yes. I took a, a butt whooping from <laughs> my wolf. <laughs> He, hey, Aaron, he was the worst jujitsu proponent I've ever seen. He was warming up in class in the ring one time in my gym years ago. This must have been 15, 18 years ago. He's warming up in the ring, and we were doing break falls. He came running across the ring, and he flipped himself over and splatted himself. Uh-huh. Knocked the wind. He didn't, he didn't even, you know how you roll over your shoulder? He didn't even, yeah. even slow down. He splatted himself, and he gets up, and he looks at me and goes, I think I'm done. Yeah. Oh, you do it wrong. He's not gonna feel good. Uh, I I tell everybody, you know that jujitsu. What that is? That's my humble pie. Right. Like, yeah. Like, there's not a lot of things in my life, but that one is a humble piece of pie that I get twice a week. Have, have, have you done any gray outs? Now the gray outs are with the gi on, and you uh you know work a, a little hadaka jame or something to you know take the air out of you, and it's to take you towards understanding or feeling what it's like to go out. And you tap. Oh, supposedly yeah, yeah. So you tap. Done, before... 
We, we've done that because we were going for a while, and I told my instructor, I said, listen, you've got to start choking me so I at least know what that, that feels like. And right. He looked at me kind of strange, like, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, this is kind of how I am. You know, it's my whole life. Like, you got to know what it feels like, right. you know, before you before you actually experience. So that day, that day, he took it to me. I mean, it was. I came home and I'm like, that was a bump. Yeah. You know, I, I tell I tell people like this. Like, my wife laughs because I'm a blue belt now, and I said it took me a year of ass whoopings. Yeah, to get to that blue belt. That's what that thing earned me. And she's like, "You're proud of it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have no idea." And then I, I'll tell you another funny story. So, you know, my, I've done sports my whole life. But right. We've all done this, but I've never quit anything. Right. Never, okay. never, never have I. I puked. I've ran to. I puked. I've gone. You know, I mean, you couldn't break me mentally. And I'm going with my instructor, and he's a good-sized guy, about 6'2", 230. He's just – you know how they just they just yep. get relentless. Like, you yep. can't get a second to breathe no matter where you go. Yep. He's on, he's laying on me, and I can't breathe. And yep. he's gone for like eight minutes, and I'm sweating, and he's big, hairy man laying on top of me. <laughs> I finally said, man, just get off me. I'm done. And he looked at me, I'm like, just, and it's the only time in my life I've ever quit. I'm like, just get off me. I'm it done. does humble you. Yeah. It does. Oh. Hey, uh, it uh, Aaron, are you still uh, coaching basketball at Eden? Uh, well, I was at Eden. Now I'm at North Allegheny. So about four years ago, uh, this is my fifth year in North Allegheny. Four years ago, the guy that took over the new coaching job came in, called me, and asked if I would be interested in coaching North Allegheny. So I took the job, and then he actually resigned last year, and Coach Dan Rose just took the job and called me and asked if I'd be interested. So I'm still coaching North Allegheny. Wow. So I was there. I was at Eden for four years, and uh, it's a great school, great guys, great coaches, friends of mine. Um, and then the North Allegheny, I transferred over. And I got kids in both. So I got some kids in North Allegheny, some in, some in Eden. So um, the nice thing is, like, I get to be around my kids, see my kids on a regular That's basis. That's awesome. That's great. Now, I got to ask you, Aaron, you look at um, the Steelers' defense nowadays, and you came from an era of great Steelers' defense. You guys set a rushing, you know, at least amount of rushing record uh, yards given up back yeah. in the day in the, you know, 2000 to 2010. Um, what was the secret to your success back then as you look at that group of guys, and how do you rate this defense now uh, compared to you guys then? So the first part of your question, so back then I, I think our secret was is that we were very sound, gap sound and fundamental. Right. right. You know what I mean? We had, we, not to mention we had a lot of great players, don't get me wrong. But I, but I think every man on that team took it upon himself to do his job the best he possibly could. And uh, when when guys do that, it becomes very gap sound. It becomes very hard to do to find gaps or holes for the running back and for teams. Um, not to mention we had some great players. I mean, you look at that team. I look back at now, and I feel blessed that I played with a lot of those guys. Those guys were fantastic players. Um, and now I'd say compared to this team, this team, this team, this defense is exciting. They're very exciting to watch. They get after the quarterback. They swarm the ball. Um, when I watch them, I see reminiscences kind of myself, but mm -hmm. I, it's hard to say. You know, I, I see a lot of similarities. Um, I mean, we'll see. I, I always think the longevity, how long can you do it for? You know, I think that's – Coward told me that a long time. Anybody can be a flash in the pan. Right. Can you do it over a course of five, six, seven years? That's right. when it becomes impressive. Yeah. Uh, hey, Aaron, um, what, what, you know, what effect 
did the brotherhood of guys that love Jesus have on uh, the way you guys played? Oh, there was no doubt. I mean, first of all, I think when you when you know Jesus, you realize it's not about you. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you realize it's, it's, a, it's a bigger picture that matters most. And when you have that in your heart, I think it's easy for you to lay down and say, okay, it's not about my ego. It's about the greater good for this team and for my brothers that I love. Right. Um, and I think that makes guys more, you know, like I always tell people like, yeah, I played in a great defense and I played three, four, but there was a lot of things that was asked of me that wasn't necessarily a lot of fun. You know what I mean? To take on a, I, I don't mean that. No, I, I, no I'm just laughing because I know what you're talking about. But it's that to take on a double team so the linebacker can run free and sack the quarterback isn't the ideal situation. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like most D-line and most guys, I want to get the sack. So um, I think the fact that you take on that double team and then that guy gets a sack, but that guy notifies you and, and is thankful for what you did creates an environment where guys just love playing for each other. And, I, and, and honestly, I think I tell people, like, I believe this, our defense – those years, we had a collective thought that we could beat anybody on any given day if we did it together. Right. If we were all together, we, we didn't think there was a team out there or anybody could come at us. If we were together and showed up together to play, we could, we could take it to anybody. You know, in Matthew, I love when Jesus says, hey, here's two rules. Love God with all your heart, right? Everything you got. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And when you go into, and I think so many people, how much they would benefit if they could have been part of a locker room, part of a huddle, right? where it doesn't matter the man to your left, the man to your right, the guy across from you, you're all part of just, hey, you love each other, you pull for each other, and you stick together no matter what. That's an experience I think that would educate anybody. Yeah, you love like Jesus. Yeah. I tell people all the time, people, you know, football's kind of got a bad rap, but I've, I've said as a coach, and I coach basketball right now, so I'm listening, there's nothing that teaches you, a young boy, more about growing up and being a man as far as sports than when it comes to football. Yeah. Everybody's got a job. Some days just suck to go to work. Some, You know, when that coach is telling you, get the spread for 100 yards, it just flat out sucks. Like, there's no fun about it. You just got to put your head down and get it done. And that's kind of like growing up and going to work. Uh, everybody's got a position. There's 11 guys out there. You've got to learn to do your role. The right guard isn't being the best right guard in the world because he's going to get glory. He's doing it because he wants to help the team. Right. You know, yeah. no, one, you're not getting anything from that. So I always, I tell football is, is a great game for maturing. I think it's kind of gotten a bad rap over the years as a violent game, a dangerous game. Um, I think as a society, I agree with you. I think as a society, if we all had to go through that, we learn to sweat and, and, and work and, and share success and failures with different people from different backgrounds. You learn that it's about the merit of the man. It's not about who they are, where they are, what they've done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you fight together, you laugh together, you You cry cry together, together, you bleed together, you win together, you lose together. Uh, And that's uh, that what uh, that's a bonding experience. That's what forms the bond. Yes. Uh, I want to ask you a question. How much, uh, what effect did Dick LeBeau have on you? Oh, it was unbelievable. You know, there's been, there's been two, three coaches, I'd say three coaches in my life that profoundly impacted me as a man. And, and, and you know, a guy told me one time the only thing that changed you as a person is the books you read and the people you meet. You know who that was? Who? <laughs> that was Charlie Jones. Yeah, from, Charlie, yeah. Charlie yeah. Tremendous the, Jones. Charlie, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So Tons told me that years ago, but there's three coaches that have profoundly impacted my life. One was my high school basketball coach, because I really didn't have a father figure who took an interest in me. 
and I still speak to him to this day, at least mm. once a week. The other one was Coach Mitch. Yeah. Mitch, he's a, man he's with, a great what a guy. Man. He's a, yep. He's a great man. I, I, I think you could make his life into a movie and who he is into a movie, and he'd probably be so humble he would never want it. But that's yes. the type of guy he is. And then you got Coach LeBeau. And all those guys are good men, good men, strong, competitive men. Right. You know, but they treat people the way you're supposed to be treated. They come. That doesn't mean they're soft. Doesn't mean they show up and lie down when you're giving it to them. But they're strong men. They have a faith in God and believe in each other and try to encourage and lift each other others up. And I, and I think that's to see men like that that can profoundly impact you, but yet be successful and do what they do and compete. Um, it, it's hard to find these days. It's hard to find a guy with integrity that goes out there and competes and does what he's supposed to do and is successful. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever been able to quote the night before Christmas from memory for your kids yet? <laughs> no. Like Coach LeBeau? I, no, but I have a video of it. He probably doesn't even know. But they gave me – one year I was on uh, I was on IR. I think I had surgery, and I was at home laid up, and he did it. And I asked if they would video it for me. So I have a video at my house on DVD of him doing it. And it, <laughs> it, is, it is something to behold. I don't know if you've ever seen it. The man – he is an amazing, amazing man. Super smart. If you realize how long he memorized that thing, but he actually added probably to set the scene. He'll probably add a whole page memorized that he made up himself to set the scene before he tells that night before Christmas. And he's got the whole character. I mean, it's it's, a, it's a pretty <laughs> impressive. Like he's the guy you wish was your kid's granddad. Yeah. You know. Yep. So you're listening to Aaron Jones, or Aaron Smith. Uh, <laughs> hey, Aaron Jones. Yeah, Aaron Jones, I, I, Aaron Jones he was our <laughs> teammate. Aaron Smith. Uh, uh, and uh, Aaron, uh, when, uh, what effect did Mitch have on you? Because I know he was uh, a one-man wrecking crew uh, as we rookies. We like to call him a one-man Paris Island because yeah. he would break you down and rebuild you in the form and mold. That he wanted. There's no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. You know, when when I first, I, I tell this story. Mitch, I mean, Mitch just told it. I tell this story. Mitch, Mitch just when I got there, just crushed me. I yeah. mean, I couldn't do anything right. It didn't matter <laughs> if he told me to go right, and I went right. I was wrong. You yes. know, and that was my joke. And so, uh, to the point where I was a grown man as my rookie year, if he was coming down the hall, I'd start looking for doors to jump in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know you what know, you're talking like, about. I didn't even want to see the man, you know? And so he, he would grab me in my rookie year. He'd make me come in at 5.30 in the morning to watch film. And then after the whole day, I'd have to watch film again. And and then when we were at camp, he'd have me in between. Like, when I was down, I said, most guys get to go hang out on their helmets and drink water. He'd grab me, and I'd be over doing drills in between sessions. Well, it wasn't even our period. He just nonstop. I just never got a moment to breathe. And, uh I would go home and I'd say, I think this coach hates me. I know he hates me. He just doesn't like me. It's something about it. He's just trying to kill me. This and this my whole rookie year. So then the next year, I couldn't stand Mitch. I'm being honest. I, I thought the man I was like, I hate him. I hate him. I don't like him. The next year, we get Kendrick Clancy. And he's more brutal on Kendrick Clancy than he was on me. And I'm like, <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with who you are. He just don't like rookies. And so – through that process, I mean, I was with Mitch for 10 years, but you just don't. I always tell the rookies, he sees something in you you don't see in yourself. That's and it. He's and he's finding a way to get it out. And I said, a lot of times, I didn't even know I didn't know. And Mitch was coming at me, and I didn't even understand why he was yelling at me because I didn't know better. 
And I said, if you just humble yourself and learn and listen to him, he will make you into what you need to be. That's exactly uh, it, bro. And so that's that's really it. It took me a whole year of getting beat down (laughs) and then then finishing that. And then I realized this is what he did. You know what I mean? He broke me down and built me back up. And, uh, I mean, you couldn't find a better guy, honestly. Uh, He's hard on you because he's demanding and he's accountable. But, I mean, the man loves you. He wants the best for you. Um, He treats you with respect. I can't say enough about him. Like I said, those those three guys in my life I found the impact. You know, I thought it was so cool because I even remember a time you were out on the field and he was so mad at you. There was something that happened. He pulled you out of the game. You were already an all pro. I mean, you were already as of a stature of of having all the you know the the. The, the titles that you could want as a player, you know what I mean? And he pulled you out, and I remember talking to you after that, and you said something like, uh, yeah, he's he's hard on me no matter what. But oh. it's, it's because I remember talking to Mitch then later on, and he says, when he said something to the effect, when you see greatness and you know greatness is in somebody, like he saw it in you, right. you have to reach down and pull it out because sometimes, just as you said, they don't know how good they can be. So and I you think know, you he, never did. He learned from Raleigh, our <laughs> offensive line coach. Yeah. Raleigh Dodge was uh, uh, brutal on me and Wolf. He treated us like red-headed stepchildren. Oh man, did he ever! Aaron, yeah. let me ask you this: What do you think if you had gone into training camp with no preseason? Uh, what would what would that have been like? Uh I mean, it would have been nice and comfortable. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But but I'll say, I, I, I was just having a conversation with my son's 16 now, and he was asking about all these like all these guys getting injured because he's a big-time fantasy kid now. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, the problem is is they ain't grind. They don't grind it out like they used to, and the body doesn't acclimate to the stress and the, and the thing. Like, I was a guy, yeah, I didn't like going pads, but there's a place for pads. Like, you yep. need that to sharpen that right. board. Yes. You know? And and I would have felt like this is I would have I would have been very uncomfortable to go right into a game because you can't simulate the only way you you can't simulate the speed and the physicality and all the violence that goes on during that in a practice you just can't so the only way you can acclimate and train for that is to actually go through it so I it, it would have yeah it would have been nice and I would have been comfortable do I think I would have been prepared to play my best football probably not. You know, I don't think it. I just, I'm just not that way. Yeah, There's only two guys in my entire life that I saw that could not really practice and go out there and just dominate games. And one was Jerome Bettis, right? And the other one was Troy Polamalu. Yeah. Those are only two individuals in my entire life that I've ever seen just kind of, eh, I'll do it when I want. Our error was Larry Brown, the great yeah. Larry Brown, the right tackle. Yeah, brother yeah. Aaron, we got to roll on. I want to thank you for taking the time. I wanted to, uh, you know, to hey. Loads of love to you, to your bride, and your your family. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Will you come back on with us sometime? Yeah. All right, you guys call me anytime. You know I'm retired. I don't have a lot of time. But, hey. I love you, Aaron. On, on, on a side note, you two are two of my most favorite individuals. Oh, yeah, love you, bro. God bless you. God bless you, man. Love you, bloody. Family's doing well. It's always great talking to you. So. All right. Such anytime a pleasure. you let me know. God Thank bless you, brother. you, brother. Love you, buddy. Take, Take care. care. Have a good All day. Right. My best yep. to your family. Yes. All Thanks, right, son. that's the great Aaron Smith. Boy, you know what? That young man, when he came on board, you just knew there was yeah. something special about him. He's special he to He is day. special. All right, we'll be right back with more coming from the locker room, Tunch and Wolf.